0: Would you like to teach your child more practical skills and involve them in the work of your home? Well, our resources at the Peaceful Press are geared towards teaching children practical skills. Each week in our kindergarten and preschool resource, we have a practical skills activity. Simple things like cutting up a banana or sewing on a button or hand-washing clothes bring so much joy to young children and yet give them opportunities to develop valuable motor skills. You can see the resources that teach these skills at our website, thepeacefulpress.shop. This is Jennifer Bapita with the Restoration Home Podcast. I'm so excited to be having these conversations about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. And today I'm talking to Mackenzie Winkler. She's on Instagram at Little Farm Folk, and she's really done this beautiful job in the last couple of years of showing how she is bringing restoration to an old cabin, to the land she lives on. And through her work to her community. Thanks for joining me today, Mackenzie.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me.
0: I'm really excited to talk about work with you. We were going to chat yesterday, and then your cow had a baby. You had a calf.
1: Yes, yes. I knew she was coming uh, because she's actually due today. Um, But it's just one of those things that you just never really know until basically it happens. (laughs)
0: And, and that, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about work because we did have a five-acre farm at one point. We had uh, goats, we had a horse, we had a pig for a little while until it made it into our freezer. Um, you know, so I understand the work that it takes to take care of property, to care for children, to homeschool. You're doing it all. How are you managing this incredible workload? <laughs>
1: one task at a time. (laughs) That's about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not an easy task. What kind of motivated your family to take on the job of restoring a home and, you know, all the things? Because I think, you know, so many people, they put their kids in school. That's fine. They buy all their food at the store or they have an Instacart to their house. That's fine. There's all these ways that we can make our lives easier and that you have set out to make your life harder. What inspired you guys to do this?
1: Yeah. So my husband and I, we've always loved the idea of homesteading. Um, Even when we were dating, it's like 2010, 2011. um, We love the idea of raising our own food, um, being a little bit more self-sufficient. We kind of saw certain systems in place that we kind of thought you know what that doesn't really make sense um and so we've just always loved the idea of it but we really didn't put it into practice um until we had children of our own um one thing in particular was my oldest son i think this is a lot of people's stories. had a lot of food allergies, he was allergic to dairy, he was reactive, and, and by allergic I say uh, had a sensitivity. He wasn't completely like anaphylactic to it, but he had a sensitivity to dairy, gluten was causing a lot of problems, he had blood in his stools, and then by two years old I had taken him off all of these foods and I took him into the dentist and his mouth was riddled with cavities and um as any new mom is devastating to be like, why is my two-year-old, you know, so sick? I don't understand. And so it kind of just led me down this rabbit hole of diet and nutrition and how it really affects your body, what you eat, um, the food and how it's processed and how it's raised. And then the chemicals that you put in your body. And I wouldn't say that I'm like a completely crunchy person. I have been known to feed my kids Oreos for breakfast. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, you know, it is eye-opening. And then when you have a child and you're, you're trying to, you know, help them, you just know you have to make these
0: changes. So I really think that's what spurred it on. How amazing. So basically, what started the whole homesteading lifestyle, like even though you had an interest in it, you kind of got more motivated to maybe grow your own food or milk your own cow, partly in an effort to give your child better health.
1: Yes, yes. And same with homeschooling, too. Um so I was I was I went to public school and my husband was actually homeschooled and I was the one that felt like wow, maybe we should really look into this homeschooling thing. And my husband was the one who didn't really want to meet a homeschool. because uh, he was concerned about uh not getting the right academics. Um he actually wanted to just go to school to be a vet. Um, But he felt like in his homeschool journey, he didn't get uh, a lot of help with the sciences. And so he was concerned that was going to happen with our children. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I was in school for nursing. I didn't finish the degree, but I was in school for nursing. I love the sciences. If you're worried about them not getting sciences, uh, I think that's the least of our worries. So after a little bit of convincing and uh, some Charlotte Mason books, I was able to get him on board
0: with homeschooling, too. which is another whole job in itself. And, you know, I think I talked about this before. I think Sarah Clarkson in her book says beauty will save the world. And she's quoting someone else. And, you know, talking with a friend this morning, I, I we were talking about how when we care for something, we love it more. You know, when we care for our homes, we love it more. When we care for our kitchens, we love them more. When we care for our children, we love them more. And homeschooling is a form of of work. It's a form of care that is transformative to culture. What have you seen some of the benefits to your family of the way you guys have approached work with so much grit and fearlessness?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I think my kids have a really good work ethic, Um, even though it does take convincing and a lot of rallying every day, you know, because we're, I just think we're human and we want to kind of sulk back into our complacency I am so guilty of it. I've been feeling really convicted about that um, recently. But um, I think they're really hardworking children. They are not afraid to try. Um, And one thing I really love about our kids is if they want something, they try to figure out how they can make it themselves. And I think that's so cool. Like my son wanted a guitar, so he went and built himself a guitar all by himself. And, And, you know, does it really look like a guitar? you know, that's subjective. But for an eight-year-old, I thought that was really impressive. And then my seven-year-old's been begging me for a 3D printer so he can make anything he wants.
0: (laughs) That's great. But they're learning how to make it. And, you know, there's a saying that says necessity is the mother of invention. And I think so much of the innovation that has happened in the world came from people having enough time to be bored and to kind of mess around. So really the lifestyle you're giving your children is one that has a big impact on future success. Angela Duckworth in her book, I think it's called grit says that grit is one of the biggest indicators of future happiness. So how, how do you though? I think a lot of parents, they think that sounds romantic, but people have, have judged parents for, including their children in work, like they have acted like having your children help with the work of taking care of the home or um, work in any way is somehow anti-child. What do you say to to parents who feel guilty about having their children work?
1: Yeah. So first off, when it comes to school, my children aren't doing school for eight hours a day, like most children that go to public school are. So my children actually have a lot more time um, they also don't get homework. <laughs> Their work is at home. So, really, when we're doing school throughout the day, it's maybe two hours of sit down book work. And then the rest of it, they have a lot of free play. So, I don't feel guilty asking them to help me because they have more free time than the average American child. And then on top of that, they, um, oh, that's my train of thought here. Um, they're going to grow up.
0: Yeah. In in the Peaceful Press resources, we actually include a lot of things that you might look at as chores, you know, things like shaking cream into butter or uh, learning how to organize your room or learning how to make your bed or wash dishes, because all of those chores teach motor skills that are necessary for, for everything in life. They're necessary for being able to build a computer or fix a car or clean a window or just any kind of practical life or inventive behavior, you have to have good motor skills. And so if we, you know, if we just sit children down at desks and the only kind of work they're allowed to do is desk work, they're actually missing out on a huge portion of their development physically, mentally, in every way.
1: Yes. Yes. And I actually, I read a quote a few years ago, about a surgeon who was um he was a like a professor and he was a surgeon too and he was training up you know future surgeons and he was saying how these college level uh young adults they don't have the capability to be a surgeon anymore because they don't have the skills that we used to have which was you know doing sutures and learning how to use a needle and thread they didn't understand the concepts of pumps and hoses and, you know, like fluids and things like that, because they've never actually seen it play out in real life. And I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. And and really kind of sad to think about how many children are growing up without basic motor skills, really, because if your childhood is, is so much on a device, and in a really kind of padded cell kind of an environment, and then at a desk, there are so many you know, so many things that they just haven't experienced, whereas your children, you know, given that balance of work, play and study are having such a healthier childhood, really. And one of the, you know, one of the themes of this podcast is that I'm kind of going through the Benedictine rules. Um, I'm, I'm a non-Catholic Christian, but I feel like some of those structures for life are really maybe healthy for our culture today to study and apply and one of those structures is that balance of work and prayer and rest how are you balancing it though because like with a cow you can't just take a day off you know with the stuff that you're doing it is probably hard to take a day of rest how do you balance work and play
1: Mm. um You change your perspective of what rest looks like. (laughs) So when I only had a few kids and we were kind of just starting to homestead, um, I could take a nap. Um, I could do those things and obviously my children were younger so they would nap more and 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 that was rest to me. But now rest is different. Uh, Rest for me is folding laundry and watching a YouTube video. Um, Rest is doing the dishes and listening to a good book. Um, I like to keep my mind entertained. And I think I'm, I'm just constantly learning. That's the only way that I can survive life, I think, is to constantly be learning and challenging my mind. And so when I can trick my brain into, this is going to be fun because I'm going to learn something, then I'm able to get through a lot of the tasks. And to me, that's rest.
0: <laughs> uh, that's so encouraging. You know The way that you're pursuing your life in such a um, joyful way, because I think so many people feel victimized by just the basic work of being a mom. You know, they feel victimized by having to change diapers or victimized by having to make dinner for their family. And yet you're approaching this with so much authority and agency and joy. Like I get to do this. Who has inspired you to look at work in such a positive way?
1: Hmm. Let me think about that. So I think Sally Clarkson was a really good role model. Um, I think she's the one who even said, I get to, you know, I get to do this. And what a blessing that is to be able to care for your family, for the people that you love, you know. And, and then when, you, when I add um, like a fun ha- a hobby or a skill, it makes it even more thrilling and exciting, you know. I taught myself how to garden <laughs> by watching YouTube videos I would pick two things that I wanted to learn that day, two vegetables. So I would learn like, how do I, how do I plant carrots? How do I plant beets? Um, Then it would be into like, I don't know, medicinal herbs. Oh, wow. I could take care of my family even better if I use herbs and teas and tinctures. So then now I'm, I'm learning something, I'm gaining skills, but I'm also caring for the people that I love and same when it comes to cooking meals, Um, I can make nutrient dense foods. And source local foods that um, either have been grown in my garden or I've bought locally and I'm also caring for my family so I don't know if it was necessarily one person but just people along the way Sally Clarkson I loved um, I really love it's I don't know her last name it's Mary's Nests. she's on YouTube and she's literally the sweetest person in the entire world she just makes you want to cook <laughs> you know, and then there's also another guy. uh, It's M.I. Gardener on YouTube, too, and I think he's a Christian, um, but he taught me how to garden, you know, and so all these little things along the way have made work fun and enjoyable.
0: (laughs) That's so inspiring, I think, for people listening, just to hear the joy in your voice as you talk about what to many people would be a really hard and uncomfortable life. In my book, Mothering by the Book, I talk a lot about how our worries for our children kind of suck the joy out of our day, you know, and and one of my big issues as a mom was thinking about other lives and thinking that it might be easier, better for my kids. Like even when we were living on our farm and working really hard, I worried a lot about my kids, you know, not having enough playtime or being overworked. And now I actually worry about my youngest son not having enough work. So it's um, interesting how Worry can steal so much joy. How do you combat some of those mom worries that, that especially when you're running such um, an intense lifestyle with, you know, animals that could get sick or, or, you know, living maybe a little bit farther from town, things like that. What do you do to overcome worry? Yeah. So Priscilla
1: Shire, I love Priscilla Shire too. I used to listen to a lot of her stuff uh, when I was a new mom. And she had said this. She said, put out your hand. And she said, really, do it. Like, put out your hands." So I said, okay. So I put out my hand with my palm facing up. And she said, put your kids in the center of your hand. So I did that. Okay. She goes, what do you want to do? Instantly, you want to close that hand. But you can't do that in life. You have to hold your children with an open hand. Because God is going to take care of them. You know, your job is to do and to be the best mother with your best abilities that you can. But after that, God's going to take care of it. And I think when you let go of fear, because fear is bondage. Fear holds you back in life. God never tells you to be afraid. That is a sin, actually. Um, So in my opinion, letting go of those fears and letting God take over is freeing you know, and then you can find joy. It's not that you can't have fears. It's just normal to wake up at night and worry, is my baby nursing enough? It's normal to worry, you know, do they have a fever? Those kinds of things. But when it comes to the point that it's unhealthy, that's when you know, I am now living in sin. And this is something that I have to lay at the feet of Jesus.
0: Oh, so good. And, you know, I think that for children, they don't care so much. Like my children loved when we lived in Mexico and we lived this really hard off-grid life down there. My children were having so much fun. It was my worries for my children that sucked the joy out of the atmosphere. I think our children are pretty easy going about the lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not really, um, I, I think kids, maybe if they're around kids that they could compare to, they might, but you know, like my, my kids don't have an Xbox and they're fine with that. Do you know what I mean? There are, Every family has to make their own choices and kind of stay steadfast with the vision they've given. And I love how you have so much confidence and joy in the kind of work heavy life that you guys have chosen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like my son, my, my eight year old, he's starting to notice things like my parents live in a really nice development. It's a new neighborhood. They're going to have a pool coming in. You can walk down to a coffee shop. You can walk down to the ice cream store. There's a lot of convenience surrounding them and so my son's starting to notice things like why is Grammy and Pappy's house so much bigger than ours why is it so much nicer they have an ice cream shop down the road from them and you know you just having those conversations with him and say this is fun to come visit but to do this all the time we wouldn't come every week we probably would maybe come once a month to get ice cream you know what a special treat it is to be able to go and enjoy spending time with Grammy and Pappy And getting these things, but at the same time coming back to our life because you have a lot of really good things
0: too. That's so good. I love the perspective of just sharing with our children what is good about our lives. And I think that was one of the things we did when we were missionaries. You know, we drive past all the amusement parks from Northern California to Mexico, and go do our our life in the dirt there. And but we would talk to our children and look what we're doing. We are putting our treasure in heaven. We are. Um, what we're doing has a bigger impact. That the the those kinds of fun things might be fun for a minute, but what we're doing is fun for eternity. So you know, I think it is really important. To uh, Sally Clarkson's new book talks about give your words. You know, to be verbally encouraging our children with the vision that God's given us. You know, if God's given us a vision to have a more work heavy lifestyle, like being homesteaders, talking about all the beauty in that and all the joy and all the advantage that our kids have because of that choice We just have a minute left. Is there something you would say to a mom who's like contemplating a lifestyle change, maybe a lifestyle that involves more work or even just whining and complaining about the work they have currently how would you encourage that mom hmm. um,
1: Hebrews 12:11 says no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And isn't that true that discipline is hard? It's hard to get up at a certain time to get breakfast done, um, to get dinner done, laundry. It's it's hard to do those things. But if you're able to complete them. Um, you're like, I don't know, your time is freed up more. You have more time, you have more energy. You don't have to carry the mental weight of it. Just do it and get it done. And then you have more time to enjoy your life.
0: Yeah. And I I love the, the ending of that verse, you know, that you reap a peaceful harvest. And I think that is the power of work is that, you know, it does take that discipline and that work to choose to do the right thing the thing that will care for our families, the thing that will inspire them to live a godly life. But afterward, there is a peaceful harvest. And I'm just so encouraged by our chat today, Mackenzie. Thank you so much for sharing your heart.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: for joining we hope you'll tune in again next week for restoration home podcast and please leave us a review subscribe to this podcast all of the love helps us get the word out there about the power of home for restoring families and culture